What's up, guys? It's Eric from DFS HQ. I'm here to break down the UFC 237 card on DraftKings, headlined by Rose Yamajunas versus Jessica Andrade. And this is actually a really... I mean, there's some fights that aren't all that great, but for the most part, there's some really exciting fights in this card and some all-time greats. Uh, so saying that, let's dig into the DraftKings breakdown of this. Real quick, I'm going to go over the fights I don't have any interest in uh, to save time so we don't have to really talk about them. Most fights would be Tal Talita Bernardo versus Arujo. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in all of this versus Marais. I guess it's basically dog or pass in my opinion. Uh, I don't have any interest in Carolina versus Cachoeira. Um, I don't have a ton of interest in Guida versus Penn, mostly because of Guida's salary. Um, what else? What else? What else? And other than that, I think those are all the fights that I really are probably going to fade. Uh, so saying that, let's dig into the first good fight to target on DraftKings, which is Rayoni Barcelos is at a price at 9,600 and a minus 700 favorite versus Carlos Joaquin, who is at 6,600 on DraftKings and plus 500. And this should be a clear showcase fight for Barcelos here. He's far superior in all aspects of the game besides probably KO power. Um, but Wachin came up on the Peruvian amateur scene, and there isn't exactly a lot of talent there, or high-level talent, I should say. Um, so he really hasn't fought anybody to note. And when Barcelos, the guy, I think he's going to be ranked at the latest by the end of 2019. The guy's just a savage, super high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, and also his striking is coming a long way. Um, and I like, I really like, even though he's 9,600, I like Barcelos and Cash and even GPP because I think he can score over 110 here. Uh, the next fight is going to be Irene Aldana versus Betch Correa. And Irene Aldana is at a salary of 9,200 and a minus 280 favorite. And Correa is at 7K in DraftKings and a plus 240 favorite. Uh, I'm going to pick Aldana here. I just think her striking is going to be way too much for Betch. Uh, Betch isn't all that talented in general, let alone in any one area. Uh, she's tough, but she can get rocked a lot and she can get KO'd. And I just think the volume from Aldana is going to be way too much here. And even a decision, I think Aldana can score in the 90s. Um, so I don't mind her in cash and GPP. She. Can shit the bed she has done in the UFCs before, so there's always concern with that. But I mean, Correa, Betch Correa hasn't fought in two years. She's not all that talented. Her chin is not good at all. And I just think that's going to be enough for Aldana to get her out of there late in the fight or win a clear unanimous decision. Uh, but just a reminder this is in Brazil. So Brazilian fighters like Quechuera can get, or I'm sorry, like Correa can get some home cooking decisions. So just a heads up on that. Uh, but I am pretty confident in Irene Aldana. And she has actually okay odds to finish this fight. It's plus 160, which is actually much better than some other fights. Uh, going on to the next fight, we have Tiago Moises at 8.5K and a minus 130 favorite versus Kurt Hollibaugh, who's 7.7K and a plus 110 favorite. This is probably one of the best fights to target for GPP on the slate because Whoever wins are probably going to score pretty highly as a probably be a finish here. Uh, Moises, 
I think other people are higher on this kid than I am. He looks pretty good in the regional scene. Um, but I don't know. There's just something missing. I don't know if it's a confidence or if it's fight IQ or if he's still too green or what, but he just, when things aren't going his way, he just seems to kind of try to find a way to make it to a, to lose a decision instead of getting and not getting finished instead of actually trying to come back into the fight. Um, but he is going to have his opportunities with Kurt Holaba in this fight because Holaba has really clean boxing and hits super hard. Uh, but as we know in his last fight, I was on Holaba to beat Shane Burgos. He dropped him hard right off the bat, and instead of passing the garden lane, he needed two follow-up punches, and that fight was over. He dove right into Holaba's garden, instantly got caught with an armbar. Um, and just Holaba can do stuff like that. He's been KO'd by grapplers in the past. He's been submitted by strikers who don't have any jiu-jitsu. Like, just whenever you're betting Holaba or rostering with fans, it's always a sweat. Uh, I do think his power can be too much here for Moises. And I, I'm going to pick Holaba to win, but it is by no means a confident pick. But, I mean, I think if you're making multiple lineups, I think this is a fight you should target on both sides. Um, but I just think that if Holaba can get his hands going early and often, and once Moises feels that power, I have a feeling he's going to try to find a way out of the fight. Or he's just going to try to hold on for dear life. Uh, so the pick is Kurt Holaba, and I really like him as a DraftKings play at 7,700. Uh, but it is risky, as mentioned. The next fight of the night is Antonio Rogerio Noguera versus Ryan Spahn. And Noguera is at a price at 7,400 on DraftKings and a plus 125 dog, and spans 8,800 and a minus 145 favorite. And this is the best odds to finish on the card at minus 330. Ryan Spahn is obviously talented. He has good wrestling, some good chokes, solid power in his hands. But I feel like he's a bit of a glass cannon. He's been KO'd in the past multiple times. He can be choked out. Um, and then I just think that I know Little Nug is completely shot, but as we saw in his last fight, he still has some of the cleanest boxing in the 205-pound division, and he still has power to put guys away. Um, I am actually going to pick Little Nog to win this fight at his price of 7400 And I'm actually going to pick him to win this fight by knockout. I know this is a super risky pick, very risky pick. But I just feel that Ryan Spahn going to Brazil, if Spahn doesn't get an early finish, and that's basically his only path to victory in my opinion, I guess maybe he could lay on top of Nog for three rounds. I just don't see that happening. But I don't see the judges giving a decision to Spahn if the fight's somewhat close. And I also think Noguera's boxing can be too much for him. Um, so at 7,400, I really like Noguera and GPP. No way would I touch him in cash. That's, there's no reason to take that risk. There's other players in that price range that we can play in cash instead of Little Nog. Um, and Spahn, I don't love his price at 8,800. Uh, if you're making a bunch of lineups and you want to take a shot on him, that's fine because he is he has that finish upside. But 8,800. Probably need like a minimum of 100 out of him in GPP. I don't see that happening. Uh, going on to the next fight, we have Francisco Trinaldo at 7.2K on DraftKings and a plus 145 favorite versus 
one of my favorite fighters to watch was Carlos Diego Ferreira, who is 9,000 in DraftKings and a minus 185 favorite. And I am going to pick Ferreira to win this fight. I think I just think he's a better fighter. Uh, I think the first round is going to be scary because Ternaldo can throw those hands, and he has some big power in him, especially early in the fight. And Ferreira has struggled a bit in the past against Southpaws. Uh, he looked better in his last fight that was against the Southpaw, but previous to that, he was really struggling. And Ternaldo is a Southpaw, so I have some concerns about that. But Ferreira is almost about as high level as a BJJ black belt as you can get. Like, if you compare a regular Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt to Ferreira, like Ferreira would make a regular black belt look like a purple belt. Like that, that's how level high level he is. And I just think that if he can weather the storm in the first round, basically like he did his last fight, then then he can start letting it. He has some when he lets his strikes go, he has some really high output striking. He outstuck Rustam Kabalov in his last fight, which is impressive. And then also, Freire is going to have a massive grappling advantage here on Trinaldo, like massive. So I really think, I think there's a good chance that Trinaldo wins the first round, or it's a close round that maybe Ferreira pulls away late in. And then the second and third round, he really lets his strike start going, wears him down, gets the takedown, and can possibly finish from there. Uh, with Trinaldo, because it's basically first round or bust, and he's in the mid or low 7Ks, sorry. And he doesn't have horrible odds at his price for 7,200 at plus 145. There's actually a teeny bit of odds value there. I don't mind taking a shot in GPP. I just, I'm concerned that if Trinaldo loses, he's going to get wiped out and score 15 points. And that's not going to do anything for you. So Trinaldo's only in play for making a bunch of lineups, in my opinion. And Ferreira, I like him in cash and GPP. I prefer him in GPP because of we talked about the, the scare of the first round, but he's fairly safe here. Uh, the next fight of the night, we have Tiago Pitbull Alves, who's one of my favorite welterweights of all time, at a salary 8,200, and the odds are pick them. Both guys are minus 110 versus Stropoli at 8,000, and once again, he's at minus 110. And this fight... What this fight is going to come down to is if Tiago Alves' chin is completely washed or not. He's been getting rocked left and right, was dropped multiple times in the first round. His last fight was able to come back and win. Um, but it just – we almost don't know what we're going to get out. We know offensively what we're going to get out of Alves. We're going to get monster leg kicks, brutal body work, heavy shots. He has big KO power. So on that front, of course, he's a great player in DraftKings. It's just we don't know what we're going to get at him on the defensive end, on the durability end. And that's my main concern here against Duropoli, who I actually don't think all that highly of. Like The guy he beat in his UFC debut is a can, and everybody was on his opponent to beat Duropoli because Duropoli looked horrible on film uh, coming into the UFC. So clearly he's made some improvements. If this fight were three years ago, two years ago, I would pick Alves to win by first round TKO. Easy, easy. Um, but it's not. And as we know in MMA, those once those chins go, they don't come back. Uh, this fight's in Brazil, and obviously Alves is Brazilian. I think if he can get those leg kicks going early and often, I think this is his fight to win. I, but if I think if he lets Staropoli get in a groove with the strikes and starts dictating the pace, 
and pushing all this back to the cage, I think all this is going to be in trouble. I'm going to pick all this to win. I'm going to pick them to win by decision. Um, but this is also a fight where I think if you're making a bunch of lineups on DraftKings, that you can target both sides. I'm having a hard read of getting of what the ownership in this fight is going to be. I think it might be lower because people are going to go to like Andrade at 8,300 and then Rose at 79 and Anderson at 75 and Volkanovski at 78 and Aldo at 82. So I think this fight's going to be passed over. So I think in GPP, if you're making multiple lineups, this is probably a good way to get contrarian uh, is to roster somebody from this fight. And like I said, the pick is Alvis, but both Alvis and Staropoli is an R in play in GPP. Um, sorry for the snuffles, guys. It's 30 degrees here. It's ridiculous. Uh, the next fight of the night, we have the best featherweight of all time. Jose Aldo Jr. at a price of 8400 and a minus 130 favorite versus Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, who is 19-1 and and a price at 7.8K. And this is by far, I mean, obviously, besides the main event, which is amazing, the best fight on this card, and it's not close. We have the former champion, Jose Aldo's, not only the best welterweight ever, in my opinion, but one of the best fighters ever in MMA, in my opinion. I really think he's one of the best fighters ever in the history of MMA. Um, but I've this is such a tough fight to predict. I know everybody, a lot of people, even myself, is saying that Aldo has been past it, and that especially with the two beatings he took against Max, how is he going to come back from that? Is his chin completely gone? His cardio looked worse than ever. But then again, Max puts on a crazy pace. So we came back to KO Jeremy Stevens with a body shot and then KO one of the best prospects in the world, Mokano, hurt him to the body and then rocked him with a hook. Um, so he's clearly has some left in the tank. It's just that in this fight with Volkanovski, like Aldo has to be borderline perfect in my opinion because Volkanovski, much like Holloway, he just comes forward the whole time. Huge output with his strikes. And I think if this fight gets into the late second, third round, I really think the tides are going to turn towards Volkanovski's favor. If this fight were a five-round fight, I would probably pick Volkanovski, clearly, as I think he'd get a finish and like a fourth or fifth round as Aldo faded. Um, I have, so, I know Volkanovski scored over 100 and almost like 105 DraftKings points in all his fights. Uh, I do have some concern he won't reach that total here as Aldo is borderline impossible to take down. So Volkanovski won't be getting those takedown numbers. But if Volkanovski comes into this fight with a mindset that if he can make it through the fire in the first seven minutes, that he can take over this fight. I really think Volkanovski can take over this fight late in the fight. But man, I wouldn't be shocked at Aldo at all if Aldo sparked him out like he did to Jeremy Stevens and Renato Moicano. Also, one thing to worry about is that Aldo's been battling a really, really, really serious knee infection for weeks, and it's limited his training time. Uh, like he was only training once a day and three times a week for over two weeks. So I have a hard time trusting his cardio is going to be where it should be, especially for a fight against Alexander Volkanovsky. And that is leaning me towards picking Volkanovsky here. 
And so he's going to be the preferred play on DraftKings at 7.8K. But obviously, Aldo's in play, too, in GPP at 8.4K. If you want to take a shot in Volkanovski in cash, I don't hate it. It's just that I think if he loses, he's going to get sparked out early. So, I mean, you're going to be sitting there with a 7.8K player with 10 points in a loss. Like, ugh. So it's really, this is my opinion, this is just a GPP fight. Um, but if you like your build better with Volkanovski and Cash, by all means, go that because he has all the upside in the world. And even if it goes to a decision, he can probably score 40 points in a loss here. Uh, the next fight of the night, we have Jared Cannonier at a price of 8700 and odds of minus 140 versus the best middleweight of all time, Anderson Silva, who's at a price of 7500 and odds of plus 120. And I don't understand the salary or odds on this at, like, at all. I think they're actually reversed of what they should be. I think Anderson should be 8,700 and minus 140. And I think Kenny Nier should be plus 120 and 7.5 in DraftKings. Uh, I know David Branch is a very good fighter, but he's a bit of a glass cannon. And he guessed like in a first round in that fight against Kenny Nier. And obviously Kenny Nier was able to get Branch out of there in his fight at 185. Um, it just if Jared Cannonier doesn't get a brutal knockout in the first three to five minutes, he's fucked. Like there's literally no chance of him winning this fight if he doesn't knock out Anderson dead early in the fight. Uh, Anderson Anderson's just better everywhere, everywhere, even at his advanced age. I know people talk about how he has this horrific chin, yada yada yada. Yeah, well, the only person to ever knock him out is Chris Weidman. So there goes that narrative. He wasn't KO'd versus DC. In fact, the only person that got rocked in that fight was Daniel Cormier. It was a body shot, so he wasn't technically he wasn't rocked, but he was hurt bad. Anderson just went toe to toe in a close decision with the middleweight champ in Israel Adesanya and didn't get KO'd. So once again, there goes that narrative, one of the worst narratives I've ever heard in MMA. Um, Kenanier hits hard, and if Anderson's fooling around and leaving his chin out, sure he can get clipped here and put down. But I mean, Anderson's just better every, everywhere, everywhere. Uh, and I'm going to pick him to win this fight. I think he wins by decision, but I also think there's a solid chance he can get a finish here because Kenny Nier has been finished in the past in the UFC. Uh, so do not be shocked if that happens. So, I mean, at a price at 7,500, even if Anderson scores 70 in a decision win, at, at his price, that's not going to hurt you at all. So I like Anderson a lot in cash and GPP. And Kenny Nier, because it's KO or bust, and that's basically 100 points right there, of course he's in play. I just, I really like Anderson in this fight. Maybe that's a fanboy speaking to me, but I thought he's looked okay. I thought he looked really good his last fight against Adesanya. Um, so there's that. And for the main event, we have an absolutely incredible fight. We have the champion, Rose Namajunas, at 7,900 and plus 100 on DraftKings. Versus Jessica Andraj, who's at 8,300 and a minus 120 favorite. And man, this isn't this is probably the best fight in this division in its history, probably by far. Uh, Rosanama Junis is coming off two back-to-back wins versus former champion Joanna Ganjacek. Uh Kyoder in the first fight, won a decision in the second fight. Is taking time off to deal with some mental issues as it's no secret that Rose can has family and herself deals with mental health issues. 
so I hope everything's okay on that front for her. I actually think that time off is probably going to be good for her to let her resell it. She doesn't have to think about fighting for two years. She can just enjoy her personal life. Uh, so I actually think it's going to be really good for her. And I do think she's the much better fighter in this fight if we're just talking about skills and technique. I think she's a better striker. I think she's a better grappler by far. I think she has better fight IQ. I think she makes better in-fight adjustments, which will be huge in this fight, which we will get to in a little bit. But just style-wise, this seems like a super tough matchup for Rose just because the more film study I did, the more I noticed that Rose doesn't fight all that well when she's going backward and somebody's coming at her with heavy forward pressure. Um, and she doesn't exactly have like the output of Joanna when Joanna's moving back like she did against Andrade. And with Andrade, it's just nonstop forward pressure, winging monster hooks, huge power, and she'll just she'll eat any punches you throw at her just to land her big bombs. And I think that forward pressure and those strikes could cause issues for Rose. And obviously, both this is a clear stack in cash. For those of you who don't know what a stack is in MMA, it means we're rostering both fighters from a single fight. But we almost always do that only in cash and in five-round fights for the most part. Um, and we're really – some people say they look for over 100 in a stack. I'm looking for closer to 120 to 130 especially if it's a high-scoring slate. And I, I mean, this fight should easily clear that. Both these later ladies score super high in their wins. And, I mean, Andrade has even scored well in some losses. Um, through five rounds, I mean, I almost feel like you have to stack this in cash. Um, so saying that, obviously both these ladies are in play in GPP. But when it comes to the mid-fight adjustments like we were talking about earlier, I think that's going to be the deciding factor in this fight. I think even if Rose is struggling early with the forward pressure of Andrade and she's eating some big shots, I think that her and her coaches in between rounds will be able to come up with plan B and then they'll be able to dictate that instead of just coming up with a plan and not being able to enforce it. And I really think that eventually Rose will get into a rhythm. And I, I if I'm her corner i think rose should grapple this fight i know she's probably not nearly as strong as andrage but i mean andrage can be subbed she can be dropped i mean andrage was dropped against angela hill of all people um so uh i'm flip-flopping a lot in this fight i just think that andrage doesn't make any in-fight adjustments it's always her plan just always go forward super hard winging monster hooks and look for an occasional slam takedown as your opponent gets tired. But there's there's nothing that she changes up, as was evident in the Yuana Jajajic fight, where she just got picked apart the whole fight uh, after Yuana makes some adjustments from outside. And I kind of see that happening here in Rose Namajunas doing the same. Uh, so the pick to win is Rose Namajunas. And I'm going to pick her to win by decision or a late sub. Uh, if you're making 10 GPP lineups, I would make sure I have somebody from this fight in all 10 of my lineups. So say go 7-3, and three, go 6-4, and four, go 8-2. and two. I wouldn't go 100%. I would never do that. But, I mean, if you're making 50 lineups, I would have this fight in 47 of them, something like that. I mean, I, I don't see any reason to fade this fight at all uh, for cash or GPP. 
And so just to round things up real quickly, I'm going to go through and just do a quick breakdown of the salaries on each fighter and what I think of them. Uh, for Rayoni Barcelos at 9600 obviously it's expensive as he's the most priciest fighter on the slate, but I still think he has 110 upside here, and it's probably – I still think he has a good shot of scoring the best out of all the 9K fighters. Uh, Clay Guida at 9,500 versus BJ Penn. I can't pick BJ to win this fight. He hasn't won a fight in God knows how long. Uh, but, man, that price of 9,500 for Guida, ugh. Ugh. Like, let's look at his wins. He has 112, 71, 82, 92, 61. Like, that won't help at all. That will hurt. Like, even if Clay gets a first or second round KO and scores 95 points, like, no, it's not going to do anything in GPP in a card like this. Uh, so I honestly don't have much interest. Bernardo at 9,300, nah, unless you're making a bunch of lineups. Irene Aldana at 9,200, I don't mind it at all because she's shown she can score in the 90s in hundreds and decision wins uh, with that high output, so I actually don't mind that. 9K for Ferreira, I think that's fair. Uh, 8,900 for Carolina, no thanks. As we talked about earlier, Ryan Spahn, I don't love the salary at 8,800, uh, but if you're making a bunch of lineups, I don't mind rostering them. Same thing with Jared Kenning year. I don't know if a salary at 8700 In fact, I think it should be flip-flop with Anderson Silva. Um, really all this, I don't have much interest in. Tiago Moises, 8500 I wish he was closer to like 8000 and I'd probably have more interest. But I don't know if I see him scoring like 100 points here, whereas other guys in this range can, or in gals can score that. Uh, Jose Aldo at 7,400. I'm completely fine with that. He's a slight favorite in this fight. Uh, and he's priced accordingly. Andraj, 8,300. Massive upside of that salary. Love it. <coughs> Excuse me. Thiago Alves, 8,200. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, like probably 7,800, something like that, but I don't hate it. Sharapoli, 8,000. That's fine for GPP. You're going to need a roster mid range anyway. Love 7,900 for Rose Namajunas. Love 78 for Volkanovski, even though it's risky. Love 77 for Halaba, even though it's risky. I like 7,600 for Sergio Marais. I actually think he should be the favorite here. I love, love, love 7,500 for Anderson Silva. I really like 7,400 for Noguera. And then everybody, 7,300 from 6,600. I don't have really have interest in on DraftKings, so I'm not even going to talk about their salaries uh saying that for the members i will have a cheat sheet out later tonight or tomorrow uh probably tomorrow and for the non-members who are listening to this we're doing a special deal this month or membership is just five dollars for the next month and that includes every dfs sport you can think of access to our discord chat rooms coaches cheat sheets rankings etc uh, you can't, you literally can't beat that deal with any other site. Uh, so like I said, please message us or me on Twitter. You can message us at DFS headquarters, or you can message me on Twitter, rampage fan 420. Like I said, it's just $5 a month. Uh, if you guys could please like, and share the podcast on iTunes or Spotify, that would be amazing. Thanks guys. And good luck with your DraftKings and bets this week. Peace.